Morning, men. Welcome to Iron Men Connect. If it is your first time here this morning, we do have a first-timers table over here. I see we have a couple guys. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. I'll actually be sitting with you guys this morning. David Hill and Jesse, who would normally lead the first-timers table, they're both out. This morning, David is enjoying a marriage retreat. I believe he does a few throughout the year with his bride, some time away together at a marriage retreat, so I'm really glad that he's able to do that. So you guys are stuck with me today. Not too many announcements on the front end. Um, I'm really looking forward to this morning. Ali is going to be teaching us this morning and, and wrapping up the month. Ali is the teaching fellow captain for the month and he's the captain of the cross generation table. You guys have done a great job and uh, Ali is a really close friend of mine and a, and a major part of, of Iron. How long have you been a part of Ironman now, Ali? Eight years. Ali's a, a a really major player here at Ironman and a really close friend of mine and uh, he really doesn't need any introduction. Big part of this community. He's a, he's a realtor. His bride, Laura, is incredible and yeah, you guys are in for a treat this morning. I always look forward to when Ali gets the chance to hold the microphone so I'd love to open us up in prayer and pray for Ali and we'll pass the mic over to him. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for our good friend Ali and I just lift him up to you and I just thank you for the message that you've put on his heart to share to us today. God, I ask that you would soften and tenderize all of our hearts just to be able to hear your word this morning, that it would have the impact that you would have it have in our life. God, I pray that there would not be any distractions or anything that would come in the way of what you want to do in our life today. We pray for the table times after Ali's teaching. God, I, I just pray pray just for that time together with our brothers at the table. I pray that you would use the men in the room today to encourage and strengthen and sharpen us today that we could leave this place changed. We love you and it's in your son Jesus name that we pray. Amen. Ali. Thanks bro. Appreciate it. Well, I'm actually the guy that lost the microphone two weeks ago, so I'm surprised they let me speak again. He's why we didn't have a microphone. It's me, but I found it. I did my due diligence. Bear with me this morning. Actually, my flight arrived at 2 a.m. this morning. Luggage didn't get here till about 3. And then, is Andy here? No, Andy's not here. Andy painted our home last week while we were away. So when we get home, my wife is like, we got to look at the house. I'm like, can I just, I got to go, you know, teach. She's like, no, we got to look at the house. So she's like looking around and putting stuff away. And I'm like, hey, it's 5 a.m. I got to take a shower and just go. And she's sleeping. But hey, it's life. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to me. Very humbled by Ryan's words. Like, very, very humbled. As he said, been part of Ironman for eight years. Because no one else would take me. Ironman took me in. <laughs> so, I'm glad to see I'm not the youngest guy in the group anymore. Because I always was the youngest guy. And it used to be Ryan, but I think there's someone younger than Ryan. So, that's good. Who you are in Christ? I was in Colorado, so I got a lot of time thinking about this. It's a powerful question to think about. Now, who am I in Christ? Who are you in Christ? You heard from three amazing men, three different perspectives about who you are in Christ. So how do I reflect on that, right? As men, we tend to mostly look at how good we are or what our title is. I tend to lean on my title. And who's our sphere? Who's part of our sphere? Who are our friends? Who do we know? You know, because that defines who I am. Hey, I know so-and-so, and I'm this person. You know, casual. That kind of defines who I am. And as believers, we tend to look at being good in terms of maybe just being a good leader or a good husband, a good business leader, a good son, a good father. Whatever the case may be, I'm good at that, right? That's what you, you strive to be. 
nothing wrong with that, right? We treat our brides well. You know, I love my wife, and you know, David is taking his bride to a marriage retreat. I'm doing the same with my bride. And then I started to realize, you know what? My neighbor, he doesn't know God. He treats his bride amazing. I mean, this guy loves her. Like, wow, doesn't know Christ. So I'm like, okay. Even unbelievers can do these good things. So that's not really a correlation of who I am in Christ. It's a good thing, but hey, he does it too. We should strive to be our very best in every role, 100%, whatever you do. But at the same time, that doesn't define us. And that, that's a hard pill to swallow because we have to aim towards the standards, but at times we just become consumed by checking these boxes. I do that myself, right? Hey, I, I took my wife out to dinner. I, I treated her well. I loved her. I'm trying to be a good friend, be a good business leader, blah, 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 blah. Doing all these things, right? Pretty good at it. And then sometimes I'm very bad at it. And I also realize if you look at the most successful people in the world, they're really not believers, right? You look at the top tier of people. It's like, hey, because I started thinking, right? It's like, okay, who am I in Christ? what identifies us. You think of Elon Musk, Bill Gates, whatever the person you can name. It's like, they're probably not believers. So, okay, going through that, who are we in Christ? Because as men, that's, that's what we strive to look for. Performance, right? Ken mentioned that. Another way we tend to be deceived of who we are in Christ is title. There's signs of respect with title as pastor, doctor, chief, whatever the case might be. It's a sign of respect. At times, that could be deceiving, even idolatry. No, call me this, call me that. Okay, again, nothing wrong with it, but our title sometimes becomes our identity because of what we did in this world. I do it a lot of times, say, hey, I'm Ali Flores, I, I sell real estate, I have a mortgage company, I invest in real estate, we build houses, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I find myself leaning on that as my identity at times. I find myself falling back on that. Not a bad role. It's not bad to aspire to be successful and do these things. I don't want to say bad things about it, but when we take these extremes, right, as I'm this, I'm a CEO, I'm a president, and then there's the other extreme. I have a lot of friends, like, I'm just a servant. Yeah, I just serve God. I'm like, come on, man, I don't see you washing nobody's feet. You're not that humble, right? That level of false humility either. So I'm not talking about extremes. It's like, who are we really? It does it doesn't matter how high or how low you are in roles or title. It doesn't define who you are in Christ. Whether you're a CEO or, hey, I'm really just a servant, that's fine. God doesn't look at you differently. Who you are in Christ is complex, but it's a very simple answer. We're talking about your identity, which is the fact of being who you are. Who you are in Christ and the greatest compliment he can give you is sonship. Who you are in Christ is a son. Very simple. You're a son. That only makes sense because the nature of God is that he's a father. See, we can argue about any theological thing, Armenian, Calvinist, pre, post-trip, whatever you want to say. We can argue about it. But one thing we can't agree on is that God's a father. And what that entails is, in 1 John, is that as sons, we don't practice sin, right? That's one of the things. That's one of the fruits. We don't practice sin. We struggle with it. We fight against it. But we don't practice it. That's the sign of a son. That's who we are. My brother Dave shared last week on sexual purity. A very sensible and tough topic, especially people in my generation, because we have everything available right here. And I always share this story. I had a local youth pastor who molested his daughter. And you're like, wow, horrible guy. And I'm like, man, that's sickening, and disgusting. I don't want to talk to this guy. And he shared how, man, you know what? It didn't start there. It was just an image of a girl working out. She wasn't naked. It was just an image. I clicked on something else. And I clicked on something else. And I clicked on something else. And then I wanted physical. And then the physical became more and more that led to that point. What I'm saying is we struggle. We fight against it, right? As sons, there will be hard times. 
That's part of being who you are in Christ. But we fight together. In addition to it, one of the most important things is that we're heirs as sons, right? What does that entail? Well, Romans 8.17 says, If we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share his sufferings, in order that we may share in his glory. There's a struggle, there's a fight, but there's an eternal glory that awaits us, right? That's really what we're heirs to. Most men here, your guys are fathers, grandfathers, uncles, sons, whatever you want to call it. The greatest miracle you have is your offspring. Your biological imprint is on them. And just think of what you would do to protect those children, those grandchildren. Just think of that. What wouldn't you do for them? I'm a pretty good example of this in a weird sort of way. (laughs) See, for 31 years, most of you guys know my story. I didn't know my dad. I didn't know my last name. I didn't know my identity. And I struggled with abandonment and I struggled with all that, you know, father wounds, whatever you want to call it. But who I was in Christ had never changed. I was the son of God. At the end of the day, that's always who I was. So much that when I was in my mother's womb, God had planned all my story that I didn't even know until 31 years later. And I realized two things that he showed me. One, who I am in Christ is not defined by the lack or absence of things such as my father. Who I am in Christ is not defined by prosperity or the accumulation of things. See, when my father died, even though I didn't know him, I didn't have his last name, I inherited a physical kingdom, a part of a physical kingdom in the Middle East. So you can correlate that to the kingdom of God. And I got to thinking, okay, so I got this, you know, piece of dirt. Didn't change anything. Didn't fill the void that Jesus filled. Because I can honestly say, hey, and I'm not trying to brag or boast. That's my story. That's where I inherited. It didn't change anything inside of me. It didn't make me any better, happier. I mean, my wife treated me the same. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's my identity really came back to who God is. Who am I with him? That I'm his son and I have eternal life. That's what fills my void. Because guess what? All this dirt, all this wealth is going to pass away. Kings, princesses, they're all going to go away. But who I am in him, that's what matters. And, and I can say that because I've experienced that. Because I've seen, I mean, the promised land. If you guys know Mount Nebo, that's the land my family owns that I inherited. So I've seen that. And to be honest, man, it didn't fill any void. But God had that plan for me. God planted that seed when I was young, when I was little. And all through the, those struggles, those fears, those insecurities, he knew that at one point I was going to face that. And I had to come to a decision. And part of our sonship, and really what I want to focus and end on, is when your sons and daughters, you have a family. You have brothers, such as the people here. I can tell you that many men in this room have played a role in my life and who I am in Christ. Because who you spend time with will shape of who you are in Christ. It definitely will. And I'm a prime example of that. David Hill started Ironman. One day he's like, hey, you want to go to Guatemala? I'm like, sure, let's do it. And I've learned how he served, how he applied James 127 in action and served the orphans, how he did that. That shaped my life and my wife's life. Steve Ogden has been so instrumental in my life. Just the example, a humble guy that has so much authority. But one of the things that I value is his bride has been a great encourager and has had a lot of words of wisdom from my wife. Most of you guys know if your wife is happy and she's affirmation, you're going to be happy. So I'm thankful for that. Andy, I see you come in. Thank you. My house looks amazing. My wife loves it. We've met at times of trouble when I'm like, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do with my marriage. So his bride and himself took time to meet with us, have dinner with us, just encourage us. They have been part of who I am in Christ. Where's Dale? Dale came over to my house. 
taught my family how to use guns and protect themselves. That played an important role because, hey, I can protect you, but I can't be there all the time. You guys know the story of Ken, and most importantly, those men in my table have shaped who I am in Christ. We share so many things every Friday. Our struggles, our deepest, darkest secrets, intimacies that we don't want to share with one another, but really bringing that sin to light and not allow the devil to have a foothold on it. And so many, many more. I have to mention Ryan one time we're having coffee and I remember some of the words he said to me. My wife and I were, we had just gotten married, we're struggling and he's like, hey, the words that people are saying to your bride, those are from the enemy and you have to protect her from it. And I took those words to heart. It literally led us to moving from the church we were at to another church, not because the church was evil. I value those words, and I always remember that. So thank you for that, Ryan. So a lot of the men here have played an instrumental part of who I am in Christ. Who you are in Christ, I want you to know that you're a son. It defines who you are, and it refines your personality. Start acting like it. And I'm talking to myself. Not in shame, not in, oh, you know, false humility, but start acting like the son of God, who you are. Heirs. Again, physical kingdom, tell me, not worth it. Heirs to an eternal kingdom. Once you have that identity, wow. <laughs> the things that we can do, man. Walk in pride and integrity because you know who you are. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. Ali sent out three questions last night, and we're going to spend the rest of the morning at our tables in discussion around those three questions. So table captains, I'm going to pass the floor over to you guys, and I'm going to come hang out with you guys at the first-timers table.